Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from ScottArtis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com. Kind of sounded like a commercial there. Who, you? You. Oh, it is a commercial. Oh, okay. This episode brought to you by Windsor Wines. (laughs) Specifically, the 2014 Karen Yan Private Reserve. Ah, that's the wine that's flown in the studio today. Getting us all loosened up. You know, it's a work day, all that Monday stuff. So yeah. Thanks for joining us for Minute 51 of Dead Man's Chest. As I was saying, it's Monday, we're back, ready to talk Pirates of the Caribbean. Yet, it just doesn't feel quite right. It's like we're not in the groove or something. Could it be a lack of rum? I mean, we have wine here. Or are we just landlubbing it? No, wait, you know what? Maybe I know what it is. What? It's like we haven't had our Snickers yet. You know, Snickers satisfies kind of thing? This episode also brought to you by Snickers. Well, you know, actually, I'm glad we have a couple of major sponsors, finally. It's about damn time. (laughs) We could really use the cash flow (laughs) for the show. Yeah, it would be nice. Anyways, okay, forget all that. But seriously, because I'm getting serious now, it's because we can't start off the week without Pirate Word of the Week. Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate Word of the Week in five, four, three, two, yarrr. What blimey word or phrase are you going to tickle our ears with today? Ripping and cutting. (laughs) This is right up my alley. (laughs) It's perfect for a Monday as well. Everybody going to work, feeling they're going to get in there. They're God, I feel like ripping and cutting. (laughs) Just goes with the flow. Exactly. Gives people uh, their frustration out. Anyways, what does it actually mean? To sword play, violence, or battle of any kind. Or pursuits of violent nature. So it is for work then. It is. It's everybody getting ready to go to work. Yeah, I figured it was a good Monday. Yeah, everybody's all angry and really teed off that the week has ended so... The weekend? weekend has ended. The week is beginning so soon. Exactly. It's like here at Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, we fully endorse a three-day work week. Oh, yeah. Now that I mention I'm a little bit sad about that. So the only thing I can say is... Let's rip and cut something. I was going to say our employers, but, you know, I want to be nice to the employers. (laughs) I don't want them hearing this and all of a sudden they go, you know, we heard what you said on the air and we can't have you around here anymore. So I want to avoid that. The only thing I can really say is, in the previous minute, the Motley crew decide to get away from the daily pirate grind. Their winches and the pesky Pelagosos for a little longboat trip up the Pantano River. 
It's time for a little relaxation, a chance to kick back and enjoy the native flora and fauna, hang out amongst the dragon's blood trees, the herd but not seen bats, the fireflies, well, lightning bugs to all you West Coasters. We're inclusive here. Didn't want people to get lost when I said fireflies. Plus an iguana to satisfy that late night snack urge. And yes, those creepy voodoo loiters. Nothing says stranger danger like voodoo voyeurs and claiming to be as thick as thieves. I took a not so humorous approach yeah. this time. Why? You know why? No. I was really under the gun. <laughs> My creative juices weren't flowing. The wine was flowing. Creative juices, not so much there. Mine seemed to flow better with the wine. I don't know what it was. Okay, let's just pretend that recap never happened and we'll just start fresh next time. Minute 51 begins with Captain Jack Sparrow finishing his line about Tia Dalma. Separable, we are. It's inseparable, but we lost the I-N <laughs> to the last minute. Damn that minute formula. Anyways, separable we are, were, have been, before. Gibbs jumps in. I'll watch her back. Jack responds. It's me front I'm worried about. The minute ends with Tia Dalma fixated on Will Turner, who's now entered her humble abode. As she approaches, she tells Will, You have a touch of destiny about you, William Turner. I forgot that I was actually supposed to put the acting chop emphasis on there. I'm just rolling through this. It's like I'm phoning it in. It's almost like I'm you. Oh, I don't phone today. it in, buddy. <laughs> oh, you phoned it in. Miss, my notes have a grand total of 200 characters. 144 characters. That's You're like, a, you that's adhere, none of your business. You adhere to the Twitter, old school Twitter character note style. I got to get all my notes for the minute into 140 characters. That's none of your business, what my notes look like. It's what's in your head? Yeah. We're in deep trouble then. That's like a, I refuse to finish that sentence on the, <laughs> plead the fifth, that I may incriminate myself. That's probably a good idea. So let me try and start fresh. Like, that never happened. That way I'm not... In the dungeon for the rest of the week? It's probably a good idea. So let me just go, uh, uh, well, well, well. If there was anything that screamed voodoo action anywhere in this world, then I would have to say it's actually Tia Dalma must have her face on it. I mean, this lady is voodoo, like the essence of voodoo, I should say. I mean, was that a bit creepy and exotic at the same time or what? Yes, it was actually. Right? Yeah. Creepy and exotic. And, and how did she know Will's name? That's a good question. She's a voodoo priestess kind of thing. But, okay, let me start here then. According to her character description, Tia Dalma was an extremely seductive creature who cast an enticing but tangled net. She had a natural talent for being playful and flirty. And may I add my own addition to this character description. And an awful habit of forgetting to brush her teeth. <laughs> That's what no, I have to say. No, 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 no. She actually brushes them with charcoal. Maybe that's To make it. them whiter. She she's, just forgot to rinse. Yeah, she's like an environmentalist kind of thing. Yes. She's all natural, using natural products. Yes. Okay, then. Maybe I'll take that back. And if that's the case, I'll give you a dollar to give her a big old smooch. <laughs> I don't think so. If you were a guy, I would still offer you. You just happen to be a woman. I'm just basically saying, give her a big old smooch. If that's if she's brushing her teeth with charcoal like you're saying, <laughs> I'm giving you a dollar to give her that kiss. I don't. Imagine when Dollar's you do. Dollar's not worth it. Okay. To give, okay, $10. What is your price to give somebody a kiss? It's pretty high. Yeah, you are uh, rather conservative on that kind of stuff. I am. So maybe you're a bad example out there. I'll give somebody on the internet a dollar to kiss her. Tia Dalma, not actually Naomi Harris, the actress. 
It's one of those very rare times, though, that I have to admit I may be wrong. Ah! As we start to really get into this about minute. the charcoal teeth? No, not the charcoal teeth. Oh, what are you wrong about? Yeah, I fought for this premise at one point. This hypothesis that when Will first landed on Pelagosto and he found Cotton's parrot, that the parrot was speaking for Cotton, not himself necessarily. You remember this conversation. Are you? It was a Trust me, lengthy conversation. You remember this conversation. I just said I did. Because... Women remember this kind of stuff in case they can come back and then the man would be proven wrong. Well, I'm now starting to think you actually had a point that was indeed the parrot talking about himself when he said, don't eat me. So you're saying I am correct. No. Okay. I argued that it was speaking for Cotton as his voice, okay? Yes. Now at this minute, I think, okay, I'm not going to go so far as to say you're completely correct, but I'm going to just say... Maybe both are correct answers. Mm. Because admitting I might be wrong leaves that bad taste in my mouth. Let me swig it down with some wine real quick. I think you may be wrong. I can't say that, and this is going to be the second time I plead the fifth in this episode. Anyways, you were onto something. We both are probably right because I have to say that. Mm, I have to say that no. as a man. I have to say that. And it's depending on the situation, actually. I say this because the parrot tells Cotton to mine the boat. The joke of everyone turning to the next person to tell them to mine the boat until only one remains, and therefore he has to stay behind. It's a well-known movie trope. Usually the last person turns behind himself to find no one else there. That kind of thing. Here, the parrot tells Cotton to mine the boat. The bird clearly isn't speaking for Cotton, but himself, and then joins the rest of the crew in Tiodalma's home. Exactly. See, I told you. I said it could be both, though. No. It could be both. I mean, the, clearly here... The parrot is setting a precedent that it's speaking for itself and it has a mind of its own. But I also think that that was, in the previous minute on Pelagosto, was speaking for Cotton. But then also, I'm going to say, I agree with you, speaking for himself. So wait, before you say anything, I accept your apology. Um, wrong way around? I think that's how it goes. Oh, uh, no. Like the bottle of wine that's disappearing, I'm going to pretend that that never really happened. So this is the one time that you get that. You get that recognition of being right uh, Right-ish. Really? I said right-ish. Again, the Bayou set is incredible. Let's just start there. <laughs> I just wanted to reiterate that from a previous minute. Does Jack almost run into a hanging jar of toes? That's what I really need to know here. I'm not sure it's toes. What is it? I'm not it exactly then? sure. Well, I can tell you what behind the sneeze, what's in the jars. What behind the... S- the oh, okay. The, bo- the bottles hanging from the ceiling yeah. are encrusted with jewels. And they have dried herbs inside the bottles, along with spiders, some eyeballs, and mushrooms that actually started growing. Like in real life, behind the scenes started growing? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So they put mushrooms in the jars and it basically created the perfect environment for them to grow? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, between that and in this whole scene, because they created this whole yeah, on, on this- Potona River set, actually matched the river in Dominica. Huh. Okay, so they had a, an above-ground tank, and it created the perfect humidity for this whole bayou scene. I see, and so... So it probably helped with the mushrooms growing in the did. bottles. Wow. Yeah. But it did. It looked like toes to me, and I, I probably say that because we just saw a bunch of toe action yeah. in Pelagosto. So maybe that's a callback to Pelagosto, the toes, if they were toes. Remember way back when, when Jack had this cannibal adventure? We weren't going back to the cannibal adventure. We have a callback to it because that was a mini movie itself, but we're not going to rehash that. <laughs> Maybe mushrooms or toes. I don't know what it is. Here's the big main point right here, though. Did Jack just get bested by Will? 
That's my question. Jack thinks he's the gift to women, right? Yes. The Aztec God's gift to women. Until Will walks through the door. Tia's giving Jack this flirty reunion and then brushes him aside when Legolas enters the room. <laughs> it's like, I get it, Orlando. Just make all of us look like a bunch of trolls here. <laughs> Jesus, man. Come on. Man, Orlando. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. It's like we're hideous creatures. Anybody. Anybody in the room is a hideous creature as soon as... Orlando? Orlando walks in the or room. Or Legolas? Does it matter? He comes in and all of a sudden there's like... Everyone is like a shriveled head. And he has like this aura of light around him. It's like, oh. Yeah, that's what happens. And then you see Jack give Will the side eye. It's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Will is a more eligible bachelor than me. How dare you? That's kind of what he's saying. That Look, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty interesting the way she was all of a sudden. She was all excited that Jack came in there. And then all her attention was drawn to Mr. Will Turner. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of That's what happens. I think, I think that may be the more story of Jack's life than we really get a look into. Really? To a point. If Okay, if he's partnered with Will, this will happen more frequently. Well, of course it would. Like I said, anybody enters a room, the other one instantly becomes a troll. It's the way it works. It's the magic of uh, Will Turner. It's his elfish magic. Elvish. <laughs> elvish? I think we determined it was elvish. It was elvish. Because you made fun and yeah, said I Elvis. <laughs> I did. Elvish. Elfish. Yeah, I like Elvis. It's Elvish. I just said it was Elvish. I remember that conversation. I remember it well. Like a hunka hunka burning Middle Earth. Tiadomo was successfully portrayed by Naomi Harris, as I said earlier. I kind of threw it out there. I didn't really formally announce it, though. That's why I'm doing it again. And I have some Naomi Harris facts, if you're up for that. I'm always up for it. Really? It's a weird hobby that you're always up for Naomi Harris facts. No, uh, for facts. Oh, for in facts general. in general. Carfax? No. This episode brought to you by Carfax. I'm really trying to now just get some sponsors and supporters by actually just running commercials without their authorization and then sending a bill to them. That's how I'm going to operate for That now. would be awesome. Yeah, it is. Just send it there like, per our contract, we ran the commercial as indicated and we're due in 30 days. An invoice. Naomi was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her role in the drama Moonlight, it's a 2016 movie, which won the Best Picture I, Oscar I that year. I you meant the TV show. I was going to say. Really? A, it's a, not Moonlight. It's Moonlighting. And B, how dare you jump all the way back to like a 1980s Bruce Willis thing? She was probably a baby thing? back then. Baby <laughs> probably wasn't even well, born. <laughs> Moonlighting. Moon, what, get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> God, that was a really popular show. Yeah. It wasn't for me. You, you, I was too young. Yeah. But, yeah, it was really popular. Moonlighting. <laughs> a, I'm actually shocked that you even came up with that. That you could link Moonlight to Moonlighting and come up with a TV show like that. It's actually very impressive for you. My parents watched it. While they were dining on their paper chinette plates that you <laughs> claimed. <laughs> like we saw in no, the, no, no, the no, Hut of Horrors you, no. back in Pelagoso. You guys were all sitting around watching... Moonlighting, no, it's not eating China. off your fine paper china. No, it was that brand that. Oh, we're not break. rehashing it. How dare you? Like me, though, we do have something in common. Something in common with Naomi Harris. She was. You appoint- do? Yeah, I do. Like me, she was appointed officer of the Order of the British Empire by Queen Elizabeth II in 2017. Is there New Year's honors for her service to drama? I had a similar one. Uh huh. For radio dramas. Uh huh. Pretty rude, actually. She's the first black actress to play Miss Moneypenny in the James Bond series. 
And her interpretation of Moneypenny has also significantly expanded from the character's secretarial roots that happened in the, well, a lot of the other films. Because in Skyfall, she is introduced as a full-fledged MI6 field agent and an agile sidekick to Bond. That's what I've also been described as. Agile sidekick to James Bond. Agile? Yeah, I have cat-like reflexes. Agile? Semi-agile. Agile? Can you touch your toes without bending your knees or sitting down? Hey, I'm willing to plead the fifth for a third freaking time on this show today. (laughs) And I will do that right now. Anyways, I've always been entranced with the name Moneypenny. Ever since my dad introduced me to the Sean Connery James Bonds way back. Really? When? Because of money? I don't know what it is. The name is just like really creative. It's like intriguing. It's like money and then there's a penny. It's like some kind of weird redundancy. I don't know. I've Just something that's always clicked. It's like Miss Money Penny. It's like, whoa, that's a cool name. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, there's been a lot of cool names in James Bond. Don't get me wrong. But Money Penny, she's like a secretary or admin assistant and then kind of has now progressed. But yeah, it's creative as hell as I thought. But I don't think Naomi Harris of Money Penny yet. I mean, I really drop back to those 60s movies when I hear Money Penny. It's probably because those are the first ones that I've saw or the ones I've seen the most. Yeah. But yeah, maybe I'll get used to her, the upcoming James Bond. Her all-time favorite movie is, can you guess, out of the thousands of movies out there? No clue. Yeah, that's right. You probably wouldn't. But it's The Sound of Music. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one of my favorites, too. Maybe that's where it is. Because I was wondering, it's like, yeah, I don't blame her, but it's not probably one of my favorites. Really? How but could it not be? I don't know. I think I have others that maybe come before it. I mean, it depends on what kind of list we're talking about. Are we dropping down like 100 movies here? Or are we talking top 10? You know, So there's a difference here. But anyways, I probably watch it once a year, and it's probably because of you. If you said it's one of your favorites, that's probably why we're watching it once a year. You've probably seen it more than once a year. During like a holiday thing. No, you see it more than once a year. I mean, don't judge me out there for watching Sound of Music apparently more than once a year. Okay, I'm going to just say it right here. Damn it, you're getting me in this. I dig the music, okay? Hey, don't crucify me. I'm still a pirate at heart. Kind of. Got a sound of music flare in my heart now. High on a hill was a lonely goat herd. Lady, oh, lady, oh, lady, Loud was the voice of the lonely goat herd. Okay, we're not going to go there. But yeah, I like that song, okay? I'm pirate enough to admit it. And please don't spread that anywhere. This is for only the listeners here. I don't want to see this anywhere else on the internet. So we can... Break down the top five Sound of Music songs, or even just rank all the songs, or we can actually get back to the Pirates of the These Caribbean. These are a few of my no, okay, favorite we're, things. No, we're getting back to Pirates. Walk the plank. That solidified it right there. Well, maybe her you acting You know, every resume. time I sing, you cut me off. It's like I'd sing awful or something. Remember I was mentioning trolls earlier. Ooh, you're in trouble. No, I was mentioning uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. It's a troll song. So her resume, her acting resume, definitely has some blockbusters on it. She's going to be in the next James Bond movie, Bond 25. As Money Penny. Yet unnamed. Yeah, I think as Money Penny. Probably a blockbuster in the making there. Dwayne Johnson's video game mashup Rampage. Kaiju monster blowing up crushing cities, that kind of stuff. It's probably a blockbuster there going on. Maybe. Video game or movie? The movie. Yeah. Video game movie mashup. How is that better? Because we're talking about movies here. Yeah. It, yeah. Anyway. Spectre, Skyfall, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3. And the zombie movie 28 Days Later. You've probably never seen it. I have not. Yeah, you probably haven't cut you out of that. Usually cut you I out of zombie I don't like zombie movies. movies. I know. It's a shame. As for the character, our voodoo woman here, Tia Dalma, she's actually attributed more as a soothsayer than a voodoo witch. Actually, a hoodoo priestess. Hoodoo voodoo? 
Not hoodoo voodoo. I mean, I like soothsayer. You, on the other hand, like rhyming things. It's always been a favorite of mine, soothsayer, since those high school English class days, Shakespeare thing, Oracle Bones, all that fun. Do you actually know what the difference is between hoodoo and voodoo? No. Voodoo is a religion that has two markedly different branches, Haitian voodoo and Louisiana voodoo. Hoodoo is neither a religion nor a denomination of a religion. It is a form of folk magic that originated in West Africa and is mainly practiced today in the southern United States. Shout out to all of our hoodoo listeners out there. (laughs) (laughs) I think that makes up our biggest demographic, the hoodoo population. And being that you were just making like some kind of rhyming voodoo hoodoo fun out of them. Yeah, fun of them, making fun of them. You just, you actually better watch yourself. You're going to have some kind of weird curse or something put on you. I wasn't making fun, actually. You better clarify that. It was in the book when it was talking about the voodoo shack. Yeah. And it actually said hoodoo voodoo in the book. Oh, did it? So you're just quoting Quoting backstory information. Yeah. I'm going to walk a line since she's a character that develops across the next film as well. So no spoilers. I'm going to try to anyways. And I think we can probably revisit her as needed. I might in later episodes also talk about her past adventures with Jack from the expanded universe. Maybe. Probably. But I will say she's a woman of power. Let's just say that. Resided deep within the bayou swamps of Cuba in a sprawling wooded shack perched in a treetop by the mouth of Pantano River. Some believe that judging Teodalma by her humble home was a mistake as she had this uncanny power to foretell the future, to summon up demons, and to look deep into men's souls. Just men's? Just men's, it says. Oh. I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, she must have an iron fortitude if she wants to peer into the souls of men. That's a dangerous game she's playing right there. That's a dangerous game. Are you sure about that? Yeah. To look into the soul of a man, that, that could make you go blind. I no? No. Maybe a little shallow. Something makes you go blind. Ah! <laughs> Maybe it's, that's different. Maybe she sees that in their mind. Like, I've got that scheduled for tonight. She's, ah, I'm blind. Okay, anyways, look what you did. You derailed us with some crazy euphemistic talk. She had devoted her powers to help anyone who needed it. So it was to this mysterious and beautiful mystic that Jack Sparrow occasionally turned to for help. And then who also once provided him with his unique compass. And we talked about this in season one. That's why I kind of bring it up. Yeah. But I think the best thing about her is this shack that she's living in. Okay, maybe not the best thing. I'm just going to say that for right now because she's a really crazy character. But I needed a transition. Okay. So I just went with that. Her shack. I mean, okay, okay, maybe it seems wrong to call her house a shack. I don't know. Feels like I'm disparaging her a little bit. You could always call it a treehouse instead. I could, I guess. I mean... There was Maybe. a ladder. Climb there was to, a ladder. Up to it. I mean, a treehouse. Okay. I mean, I think actually what worries me is that I'm thinking that, and political correctness has maybe got its clutches on me. Maybe that's even more worrisome that I'm afraid of offending the voodoo hoodoo priestess because I called her abode a shack. Hmm. Okay, back to the dilapidated house, the treehouse. No, you're calling it dilapidated. Is it better? Is that better? No. Oh, that's her, worse. Her treehouse clung to the branches of a tree. There we go. Treehouse. In a distant part of the swamp, though it glows brightly, the hut seems to suck the light out of the surrounding forest. That's part of the description of it. Hmm. Every kind of lumber was used in its construction, making up the walls and roof. And in between the forest logs are nailed planks from coffins and parts of discarded canoes patched the roof. Really? Yeah. And a ladder led up, as you said, from a small jetty onto the shack's porch. I mean, the, <gasps> the treehouse's porch. Whew, that was a close one. I don't want like some kind of voodoo doll thing going on. <laughs> Gonna make a oh, kind of, yeah, you already have. 
The inside of Tia's shack was teeming with a clutter of mysterious and magical objects, and you talked about a lot of that stuff. The mushrooms and all that kind of stuff. Did you mention the mummified bats? Nope. There's those there. Caged animals, bones, all that kind of stuff. And bric-a-brac of her profession. Well, there you are, thesaurus lady, all of a sudden. So (laughs) the other day you couldn't think of anything because you just repeated what I said. Now you can come up with something. Yeah. How dare you? Tia Dalma had swamp toad spawn used to heal any ailments, preserved sea snake, and vials filled with spider venom. Who doesn't want spider venom? I hear it's supposed to cure if you get bit by a spider. I think that's turned you into Spider-Man, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Her shack was part of the Pantano River Bayou set, as you mentioned, and that was reminder at stage two at the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. And I think we also have to mention, because this might be the only time we see it right now, is the albino Burmese python in her house. Yes. And if you didn't know, the Burmese python is one of the five largest species of snakes in the world. It's native to a large area of tropical South and Southeast Asia. But this is what's crazy about it. Wild individuals average 12 feet long, but have been known to reach 18 feet or over 18 feet. Jeez. Yeah. And there was a captive female that was over 16 feet long and weighed 165 pounds. God. It's a hell of a snake. Yeah. But we're not on snake talk here. And then there was also some voodoo symbols in the shack. At least one that I could really see on some like pottery or jar or something. But I think I'm going to save that for the next episode because there's a lot of stuff about voodoo symbols and things out there. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's bad juju to look up voodoo symbols. I don't know yet. I guess I'll find out. Did you know actually Tia Dalma? Because I'm just going to be throwing stuff out. It's like I've lost all ability to move forward. Little dog in our studio has really got me off guard today. (laughs) It couldn't be the crazy dog in here, right? Seriously. It's insane. It's like taking five times as long just to get through an episode (laughs) because of her. We really have to think of a new situation. It's like... Who's the dumb ones that we keep bringing her back in here? Oh, that'd be us. Raise our hand. (laughs) But yeah, she has a secret kind of meaning to her name, Tia Dalma. It's an anagram of Dalmatia, a region whose coast was a haven for pirates when it was known as the Roman province of Illyricum. Maybe like that. Something like that. That's Dalmatian. You know, it's actually probably where it derives from, but I failed to look that up. Jeez, me Christmas. the, The one thing that I could actually bring here... And then I failed to look at that. But it makes sense, though, right? Dalmatian? I mean, that has to be it. Yeah. Uh, 101 Dalmatians. Dalmatias. The makeup process, which Naomi Harris needed to perform in order to create this costume and this effect of Tia Dalma. Coal for her teeth? Yeah, coal for her teeth. It actually was just about 20 minutes of her sitting in the makeup chair. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Can you believe that? That's very long, right? Uh uh. She said the makeup was really light as it was sort of a black and smudged lips and black tribal markings, in addition to other elements that included red eyes, a gold wig, and false teeth. That's what she described it as. I just confirmed the Dalmatian, by the way. Did you? What's it say? That it comes from Dalmatia? Roots trace back to Croatia and its historic region of Dalmatia. Really? There mm-hmm. we go. There you go. So I knew that's what it was. That's why I brought no, that hard-hitting No, you did not know. Fact. I'll take your apology and I'll accept it. You didn't know. You just... I brought it up on top of it. You didn't even think of Dalmatians, I said by the 101 way. Dalmatians. Not till after I said Dalmatian. Some people have... Okay, when I do name associations, this is relevant, trust me. And someone says... Okay, for instance, when you introduce yourself on this show that I'm Heather, the immediate name association, the thought that comes in my head, Cruella DeVille. So that's why I'm always my thinking hair. about Dalmatian. <laughs> I was thinking more of just a... Yeah, okay, maybe it is the hair. <laughs> It is the hair. This is like wild and crazy times right there with your hair. (laughs) 
I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> I have no clue. It's like we were on kind of on track and then things just devolved because I couldn't keep a focus. And it was taking 16 times longer because it was five and not 16 times because we progressed a few minutes. That I've completely lost track and now we ended up on some kind of Dalmatian Cruella de Vil name <laughs> association thing. I mean, there's a lot of backstory with her that we can get into, like I said, in future episodes. Maybe season three, too. But because I'm so lost, I'm almost ready to just say, let's finish the rest of this freaking bottle of wine. Brought to you by Windsor. They're Carignan. 2014. Private Reserve. They're not paying oh, you. Not. Then I'm going to down the rest of the bottle and just call it uh, an episode. Yeah, because... We really have lost focus. I don't know if there's any way to bring this back. Well, I do have one thing on the Bloodwood trees. Oh, Jesus. Seriously, you actually have something. Yeah. That's amazing. I wasn't even going to ask if you had something because I just figured you didn't. Now, okay, go for it. The Bloodwood trees on set actually took a lot of prep- or took a lot of work. The dragon's to- blood tree? Yeah, thank you. The dragon's blood tree. Okay. My autocorrect corrected it. Which is funny because we were watching Harry Potter and Dragon's Blood Wood came up. For whose wand was that? Oh, it was uh, Malfoy's dad. Yeah. What's his name? The freaking hell is his name? Draco Malfoy. Okay. What's his dad? I can't think. Lucius. Lucius Malfoy, yeah. Yeah. Look who came up with it. Harry Potter Minute, y'all. <laughs> Give him a visit. And then you can answer these questions. But yeah. I heard dragon's blood is part of the wood that was used for his wand when dear old nice guy Voldemort, probably shouldn't have said his name, actually was questioning him about it, wanted to take that. Deathly Hollows. He did take it. That'll be season seven, actually, of Harry Potter. And then Harry Potter crushed it. Anyway. Anyway, This isn't Harry Potter. This isn't 101 Dalmatians. Finish what you were saying. Okay, so the trees actually took a lot of work. They were um, replicated uh, from steel, car foam, and plaster. And they had silk leaves, each leaf individually put on a the... A leaf individually or a leaf? <laughs> a leaf individually put on the trees. Wow. They really went to the details yeah. on that. They well, wanted the set it, is incredible. Come on. They wanted it to look exactly like that river in... It looks like a freaking river. Yeah. It looks like they're really on a river. Yeah. And I hope, though, that there's no voodoo creepies hanging around out there. Or spooky voodoo loiterers. <laughs> but we're in the, the safety of Tia Dalma's... Treehouse. Yeah. Dilapidated treehouse. No, dilapidated. You make with it sound... That sounds worse than Shaq. With a giant Burmese python, which is friendly. Come on, they're friendly. Do you have anything else? Yep. Unless okay, they're hungry. Right. Unless they're hungry. That's right. Keep your small children away from them. So we'll be back on Wednesday, hopefully with a... Well, hopefully the wine's still flowing, but maybe without so many distractions that we can actually have... More of a conversation. We can talk about things and discuss it and not just jump around because we're trying to get the hell out of here. (laughs) And without somebody hitting the mics and booming and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday with Minute 52 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum and the wine drinking to a maximum. And the puppy wrestling to a minimum. Yeah, that's just so we can get get through our day. Happy Monday, (laughs) y'all. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again, and Season 2 is here, and we are willfully unprepared. 
Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew Listeners Group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bildrats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.